Vaccine mandates rescinded. Test prep going on. Two to three hours to raise your score by a point. And what about working out at home? Is it possible? Do you even have to spend the money on a gym pass anymore? Monday, July 11th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sirsky. Hope you folks are doing well. And yes, this is my audio yik yak where I talk about some of the things that are going on here in Beijing, China, which is uh, where I'm living now, and some of the other things that are popping up every now and then. I'm currently in preparation to do my HSK, or um, I guess it's my Chinese language proficiency test this Saturday, this, this coming up Saturday. Uh, and uh, so it's occupying a lot of my time. And also, as of late, I um, have been coming up with some ideas following along with the idea of if you write out 10 ideas every day and just publish them, eventually you're going to come across a good idea that you can actually use. And yes, so last week when I left you guys hanging before the weekend, um, well, Shinzo Abe Abe, uh, has been assassinated. He uh, passed away. And um, that was one big global event. And the other big global event was... China was locking itself down again. Uh, now, this has um, uh, been refuted, but uh, some reports are that Shanghai, parts of Shanghai have been locked down again. And last week, I mentioned that the vaccines were mandated, that as of today, Monday, July 11th, we wouldn't be able to get, I wouldn't be able to get into certain places because I'm not vaccinated. Now, that seems to have been rescinded, so they took it back. Uh, they uh, now I get this information through the Beijinger, so that they published this article last week uh, saying that the vaccines were going to be mandated, which was set at a conference, and then there was another conference later on that they said nope, nope, nope. Wow, actually, no, we're not going to do that, but we do encourage people to get vaccinated. So, in the clear so far. I was thinking, you know, what if, what if I left Beijing? What if I went somewhere else? Sanya, they weren't checking. Well, now they are. <laughs> Forty-eight hour NATs and everything. Uh, a few other places have been flagged as uh, medium risk or even high risk. So there's quite a bit. Uh, um, it, it has become more of an issue. I kind of wonder, and they have this sentence in the in the the news articles that are going out now. You know, this variant is the most contagious ever. Well, if every variant is the most contagious ever, what was the last one? Does it still hold that standard, or is the old one gone? One of my questions is: Can it go backwards? Like so, we variated our way to BA.5, which is the current uh, strain that's being found. Well, could BA.3 show up again? Could uh, Omicron X show up or whatever else? I mean, who who knows? Like Omicron, uh, what was the other one that uh, I can't remember the variants' names to tell you the truth. I mean, what could it go backwards? Instead of going forwards, like could we have a, re- a resurgence of like the original strain? I don't know. It also kind of strikes me that um, in 
I'm not going to lie, in reading The Stand, uh, this has me, which was written back in, at the end of, it was published at the end of the 1970s, so it was written throughout the 70s, which has me thinking that maybe, just maybe, China is horribly freaked out about this, because whatever the origins of this, I mean, I, for whatever reason, they're still shrouded in mystery, okay, which means that Pick your conspiracy theory, and it's almost like, okay, well, we don't know. Um, But if this was sort of a manufactured uh, virus, I wonder if China is freaking out and going, what if this is targeting us? Like, And this actually shows up in the latest Bond movie. So this isn't like some crazy, inane conspiracy theory I'm coming up with. It's like, this has been a popular... um, sort of uh, idea that's popped up in mainstream entertainment before. Bond, the the last Bond film, brought this up, you know, where there was a targeted virus against a certain ethnicity, a certain people. You know, the stand is the same thing where it, the thing changes. It's not against any one race. It's just, a, it's, it's an unbeatable virus, though. And I wonder if China's spooked. They're just like, we've never had to deal with this before. Um, and if it's, you know, if, if it's one of these things where, uh, if, if it was a collaboration, you know, which side had an answer or which side had more information about what could happen compared to the other side, right? And I, I don't think it's any secret that the United States spends a lot of money on doomsday scenarios. I mean, the amount of doomsday preppers in the United States, there are a lot of people who think the world is going to end just about all the time and as a result i think they're very prepared for it which is almost i i kind of wonder why that that's the reason why it doesn't end is because there are so many people freaking out that it's going to end anyway so uh, with, with these uh, like we're not affected here in beijing there has been uh yanqing i mentioned uh was high risk i think and there's another district i think but uh, not as much panic here, and certainly it doesn't feel like it on the streets. The NAT boxes are still out there. The NAT test centers uh, are still out there. Uh, and uh, the April Gourmet, my, my only destination, still requires it to be a 72-hour uh, NAT test. Now, my Chinese test this week requires 48 hours, but no vaccination so far as the emails uh, that I've received. So, all good. Just remember, get tested on Thursday and Thursday for sure, uh, sorry, Thursday could be, but Friday for sure. So all that being the case, yeah, this is uh, still going on, which is, oh, it actually kind of gets me because I saw at least one of my colleagues who used to live in Beijing, doesn't live here anymore, he was sort of forced out because of his age, um, he's traveling, what the hell, <laughs> like, man, even the people not living in Beijing get to travel, oh, brutal, so, uh, yeah, well, you know, given the opportunity, given the circumstances, I guess what it is, I just have to buckle down, and this is an opportunity for me to work on my Chinese. And yeah, so all this uh, this weekend, I was uh, doing quite a bit of uh, test prep uh, for the HSK um, test that I have coming up. I'm doing the fifth level. And I was actually... I didn't touch my textbooks, but instead I was working through this HSK-5 test prep book. 
that I bought. I've mentioned this one before. It has this green cover. I have two of them. Well, I have one of them. Um, and it breaks down each section of the test. And I can tell you I'm not doing very well. Like, horrible. <laughs> As in the thought of this go-through in the HSK-5 test might simply be a practice run for me. I don't even like thinking that because I want it to be one and done. But given that I'm not done the textbooks, um, I don't think I don't feel like I'm rushing. But at the same time, I wonder like if I gave myself another three months, would it be any different? If I gave myself another month, would I spend any more time on it? Like how much more can I learn before just like just take the test, see where you stand? Like I'm taking these practice tests, and there's a that's what I'm scoring is sixty percent thereabouts, right? how much more can I improve in a month? So I was researching this. Uh, some of these things, uh, other people have gone on to like HSK-5, HSK-6, and sort of how long did it take them? Because this was my my thing, was that if I haven't finished the HSK-5 books, but I'm going to take the HSK-5 test, and if I score a 60%, like a, if I technically pass the test, how long will it take for me to reasonably pass the HSK-6 test, so or, or at least be prepared for it. And they say, yeah, I mean, at this point, at HSK-6 level, a lot of people are talking about doing six hours of study a day. And I go, okay, sounds like a lot. But I think of some of the things that I've done where I've immersed myself in the language for substantial portions of the day, like listening passively, doing character drills, um, writing out, like copying out texts, writing out, uh, doing dictation exercises, uh, and then uh, also focused textbook study and practice tests. I go, you know, six hours a day isn't altogether impossible, but I'm not going to lie, if you throw in a full-time job where you're working from 8.30 to 4.30, and then you have six hours of language study somehow in between that, I mean, your evenings for the next hour, for the next year, are HSK-6 textbook stuff. I, oh. Now, whether or not it's just a textbook or it's like cultural immersion, language immersion, basically. Uh, so could it be a combination of things? Like where you could watching a movie sort of put me in that same league sort of thing, right? And so that's, the, that's sort of what I see happening um, going forward is this whole, you know, how, wow, after I'm done this test, how much more do I have to prepare to get to the six? So, one point that came up, this was six hours a day was one number that I saw. The other number I saw was, and this is actually something I never thought about before because it wasn't really, it wasn't an issue to me. Going back to university or attaining a certain grade point, a certain score, in the HSK-5 test, because if you get a certain score, then you can go to certain universities. Fudan University is mentioned as one. They require 210 out of 300, um, which is 30 points higher than what I'm scoring, or about 28 points higher than what I'm scoring, um, to in order to be admitted into a BA program. And I think it's 240 to, be in, uh, to enter into their MBA program. Now, first of all, I have real, really no intention 
to go back to university. Second of all, I don't really have an intention to go to a Chinese university for any degree. Uh, I, I don't know why I would take a, a degree in Chinese other than just for the practice of taking a degree in Chinese, basically. Uh, that's it. That's the only thing I could, the only reason I can sort of come up with. Um, unless, hey, you know, maybe. What if? You know, I was talking about why aren't more kids getting, uh, like, entering into the AI and robotics field. What if I did a robotics degree? You know, maybe. Oh, yeah, they're all getting laid off. Maybe, okay, so that, that idea is not going to work out too well. Um, but, so the, the, the grade point, having a, a target in mind, two to three hours, one website said, to increase your score by one point. So if I'm scoring 180 and I need a 210 to get into university, that's 30 point different. I would need 60 to 90 hours to get to that point. And I go, holy shiza. Are you kidding me? So, okay, then let's look at this. What if I push off the test for another month? That's 30 days. Three hours a day, absolutely doable. Yes, I can do three hours a day. That would be 90 hours. Why not? If if it got me a 210. The problem with this, well, yeah, the problem is, is that I've, I've tried to spend this... Uh, if the amount of studying that I've done till now is only getting me a 180, how much confidence do I have that 90 more hours is going to put me up to a 210? I might be pleasantly surprised, and I'll tell you, I have noticed an improvement in my language abilities. So again, I'm not, uh, and I think, to be fair, if I took the HSK4 test, ooh, this would be a good, good practice. What if I did? What if I revisit an HSK4 test? What would I score now? Knowing that I got, what, a 76 or whatever it is uh, on the last one, or I can't remember, 67. I think it was 67 overall because my writing section was terrible. Right. So going into that, what if? What if I revisited HSK 4, HSK 3, you know, just to see what would happen? Do, do The practice tests are free on the Chinese test.cn website. You can go there. You can download them. You can take a look at the one that I'm practicing uh, at the 5 level and then soon to be the 6 level as well. So all perfectly doable. But 2 to 3 hours of study to raise your score by 1 point. Wow, that's a lot. And looking at this test prep book that I got, I kind of go, I can sort of see where they're getting that number. Because with all these listening exercises that I'm doing, I'm going, I'm still scoring poorly. I'm like just more than half in most cases. One of the sections that really got me was uh, who was who they were talking about. And it's like one person <clears throat> is referring to another person and they kind of go back and forth. It's a little conversation. I just, I, for some reason, I bombed that one. Um, the attitude, I did okay. I got over, I think. I got 7 out of 16, 7, uh, yeah, no, it was brutal too. Brutal, but I felt like I was understanding, and I wonder if part of it was, you interpreted, people, someone interpreted it that way, but I would interpret it this way as the feeling being conveyed, but again, it's a Chinese test, you got to deal with the Chinese culture and the way, and the words they use to describe the emotions, and if that's the case, then you got to go with what the answer is, right? It's like, I'm not going to be calling out the Chinese test people. <laughs> saying, That's not how you feel that. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
So the idea, I have to understand sort of where they're coming from. And this booklet actually, this book goes through the words you are going to hear if it's this feeling, that feeling, or this feeling, you know, they give you synonyms, right? A lot of different ways to say the same thing. So uh, it's something that I'll just have to uh, eventually get used to, go through. And I mean, again, like 30 more hours, 90 more hours of tests, another 30 days, three hours a day. You know what? I'd rather just pass HSK-5 and then really focus on HSK-6 because I'm not going to lie. A lot of people stop at HSK-5. It seems to be almost a given that if you actually focus on Chinese, you hit HSK-5 eventually anyway. But HSK-6, that's the one where you're actually, if you've spent that much time on that, on the language at that level, I mean, then you're reading stuff and you're you're actually using the language on a day-to-day basis. You're not looking up words all the time for simple words sort of thing. You're actually dealing with concepts rather than um, just the characters themselves. Uh, so, yeah, it's I guess this next year, if I'm going to do HSK 6, and I say if, I don't know why, then that's the one that I really want to do well in. That's the one, like, it's got to be 80% or higher, 85%, just because it's like there's no point in showing up to the test if you're going to scrinch by with the 60%, it's like, yeah, so you're mediocre. Now, granted, in a year's time, how much better will my HSK-5 test be? It'll be a good test. It'll be a good test to go through this. Ten ideas. What have I got for you today? Well, heard some people complaining about their gym still being closed. I don't go to a gym here in uh, China, basically, because I I never had enough money to pay for um, the gym fee at one time. Because they, they wanted you to pay for the whole year. And it was like 6,000 renminbi. But every month I got paid, it's like I had a portion of my money out, right? Um, and I just never wanted to commit that much money to something. I'm going, I don't I don't know if I really need... And some of the gyms aren't very nice, to tell you the truth. Lately, it's been more like, well, what if I just bought equipment myself? The, the issue is you can do that, but if you're swinging a 28 kilogram kettlebell around in your apartment and it's wood floors how brave are you there sir or ma'am i mean <laughs> that you're saving three thousand on a gym membership you just spent six thousand to remodel the floor <laughs> that's bad math that's bad economics <laughs> not what you're supposed to do 10 ideas for home workout equipment washing detergent bottles now these are good because you can uh, use them for lightweight shoulder and joint movement, similar to a steel club or a set of steel clubs or small kettlebells. So this would be more for control, like prior to buying a larger steel club. I was thinking, I have a couple actually, I don't use them, but the handles on them are a lot better than the water bottles. But don't throw those water bottles away. Four, five, or even those twelve-liter bottles. I use them actually. I use, I have a four point. I have a set of four point fives. I have a set of fives, and I have I have the twelve or thirteen liters, but I haven't used them. So what I do with these again with the four and five-liter water bottles, I use these for uh, mobility work. A lot of lightweight prep work, like if it's uh, um, like prior to doing any heavy kettlebell swings or stuff like that. I would use these first to warm up the joints. The 12-liter ones, you can fill this up. Once you're finished them, of course, you can fill them up. And 
of all things, put them on your shoulders or carry them in your hands. The handles are built for this. You can't really swing them too much, but the handles are made for carrying. Do your stairs. Up and down those stairs, baby. <laughs> How many flights of stairs in your uh, your apartment? Six? Oh, you're lucky. Got uh, 21 here, so we'll uh, go through all of those. And yeah, I mean, put it on your shoulders or carry them in your hands. It's a, it's a decent workout, and it's not it's intense, especially over time, but it's something that you could do any time, any year, and I, I, I will admit, some of the stairwells are horribly gross. <laughs> horribly gross. So it does take a little bit of bravery in that regard. Uh, couch bed dips or dips on any surface. That seems to be an easy one that works your triceps. Push-up variations, those are uh, uh, the obvious choice. I've been working on one-handed uh, push-ups lately, and there are there's a, a certain technique to actually getting through that way and you don't just go right into one arm push-ups um there's actually a, a sort of a progression that you go through whereas in you remove one of your hands and then you just kind of you lower yourself to your to the floor on the one hand that you do have like um so you, if you're in the push-up position you lift one hand and one leg opposite of course and then you lower yourself down into that and then you use both hands to push yourself back up. But the idea is that you're at least working on one side. And there's there's a whole progression. There's about eight or nine stages that you can take to do one-hand push-ups. So I was thinking about that as well. Uh, stairs, of course. Chair lift. This one I actually used quite a bit in hotels as we when we were traveling back in the day. Um, chairs are off balance. so And they're weighted, of course. And you do have to be careful with your back. If you are if you have a bad back, you do have to work on your back muscles first with those water bottles, doing your Jefferson curls. And then making sure that when you lift the chair and you move it over, so you lift up from one side and you uh, put it over to the other side, do that a hundred times, you're going to feel it. I used to do it onto like the bed or the couch. I used to do uh, like around the world as well. Of course, be careful. Don't just do this and go and then break something and blame me for it. Look... Be aware of your surroundings, okay? It's not hard. You got to China somehow, you expats. You can figure out how not to hit something with a chair. Um, even chair lift, just simple lifting it up and down um, several times, 100 times, you're, you're going to feel that. Squats, of course, with water bottles, variations, split squats, overhead squats, of course, normal squats as well. Pistol squat prep off of a chair or off the bed. So you, uh, the pistol squat is basically like sitting down on your ankle. But I'm not sure about you, how your flexibility is. But you can start doing this with uh, the bed or with a chair. And then work your way up to getting into a full uh, pistol squat uh, movements. Suitcase carry. Load up those suitcases with those water bottles. Carry them around your room. You can do this with the 12-liter water bottles as well. Um, I do this a lot for uh, warm-ups. Again, on the days that on the days I do not want to work out, the simplest thing I do I use kettlebells. But you, my point is that you can use these large water bottles or a suitcase full of whatever stuff you have, and just start walking around your room, holding on one side. If you hold it on one side, you'll work the opposite side obliques, your your abs there. If you hold it in both hands, that's going to be more of a uh, like a bicep or an upper body workout, like your, your, your back as well. It won't be so much your midsection. Uh, but those are definitely a good lazy way to start your day. If you don't want to lift, 
but you feel that you should lift something. Suitcase carriers are the way to go. Last one, floor cleaning. This could be an ab or a leg workout using rags. So you know those rollers, those ab rollers that they have? Well, pin your knees in one position and then push forward using a rag, slide down and then slide back up. You could also do push-up variations with this. You can uh, reverse this and pin your hands to the ground and then slide out on your knees or as well or your feet. And that one uh, can be, uh, that will work your core for sure. You can also do burpee or sorry, uh, mountain climbers with this. Uh, Just sort of like use the towels as sliders so you're not picking up your legs instead. I found those were a very good workout as well, especially during the the winter months. Again, after doing the the lazy man suitcase carry stuff, dropping down and just using a towel um, to do the, the sliding mountain climbers. It, it gets the uh, the heart moving, the, the blood pumping and everything. So well worth the uh, the attempt or the try anyway. And of course, this is all in addition to your burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, and crunches that you are doing every day, right? Of course not. But you can start. I've gone on five minutes longer. I hope you enjoyed that 10 ideas for how to work out at home. I know some people would care. Some people don't. No problem. Folks, my website's also updated. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stephenserski.com. You'll find that er everything there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And we will talk again. Have a great start of the week. Bye-bye.